Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, Nats Town. This is Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols and Doghouse from Federal Baseball on the line. After a 5-3 win over the Miami Marlins in the nation's capital, the Nationals improved to 22-13, and 13, a comeback win on a night that Gio Gonzalez wasn't particularly sharp, got himself in some trouble with some help from some bad defense, but... Bryce Harper came through in the end, Dave. I think the Barry Bonds comparisons are premature at times. People love to talk about it because he's getting walked like Bonds did later in Bonds' own career. But Bonds excelled at uh, getting a few pitches to hit a week and somehow hitting them out, and that's what we saw from Bryce Harper tonight. Down 2 nothing in the seventh inning. I believe it was 2 nothing at the time, yes. 2-2, uh, two to two, I'm sorry. Oh, now I'm getting all confused because my score is messed up. Anyway... Rendon 0 for 2 with two walks, takes a walk to start the seventh inning. Kyle Bearclaw on the mound, decides to pitch to Harper in the next at bat, hangs a 3-2 slider that ends up clearing the right field fence. Harper 2 for 2, two home runs versus Bearclaw in his career, kind of like he's been dominating uh, poor, the poor starter for the Marlins tonight who didn't give up anything to Harper because he basically avoided him all night. But Harper gets him in the end, gets the Marlins, uh, just the second home run Barrett Claus allowed in 36 and the third innings pitched, 4-2 to two Nationals at that point. Luckily, I finally wrote the score into my notes. Harper, 2-for-2, two, two, two walks, his 11th home run of the year. Didn't see much to hit tonight, Dave, but when he got that pitch, he absolutely crushed it, and Barrett Claus was biting his shirt and <laughs> ripping mad after he gave up one. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot easier for starters to work around a guy. Um, you bring a, a reliever in to start an inning, and um, you know, you, you you put the first guy on. You don't want to put another guy on. So he kind of was forced to pitch to Harper there. But you know, we kind of we kind of saw this we kind of saw this coming last year as Harper matured as a hitter, um, started laying off of pitches and was working the pitcher to get his pitch. And you know, we've seen it at the beginning of this year the same the same deal. And this was a, this was an instance where um, you know Bearclaw was trying to go at him, wasn't really pitching around him, and. Um, didn't make his pitch, and, and if you don't make your pitch to Harper, you're going to get hurt. Um, it, and, and it's refreshing after the after the Cubs series um, to actually see a pitcher actually pitch to Harper and, and, and leave a pitch out over the plate for him to drive like that. So I guess I'm trying to pull out the Dusty Baker quote while I start here, but Harper versus Kohler, 9 for 28, 321, 387, 1.000, line against six home runs and 31 plate appearances, two walks and a single against him tonight. Got that single, but it's just kind of amazing that he's able to get that one pitch. And if I can pull up the quote from Dusty Baker, I'll find it. But he was basically saying this week that uh, – Opposing teams might actually be helping Harper. He wasn't hitting too well when the Cubs started walking him. Uh, even Joe Madden admitted that, that he wasn't necessarily hot coming into that series, but they still didn't want to let him beat him. Uh, Dusty Baker said that they were basically helping Harper by just letting him stand up there and see all the pitches he can and start to recognize pitches again. And uh, He got that one pitch to hit tonight and just absolutely crushed it. It's kind of amazing to see someone do this. He's, everything he's done the last year plus has kind of been amazing, but finding that one pitch and actually taking it and taking it for a ride is fairly impressive for a young 23-year-old kid to be doing. I, I thought it was nice of him that he let Kohler walk him a couple of times and, and decided <laughs> to to pick another Marlins pitcher to abuse mercilessly. Um I think this shows that the, the strategy going forward with Harper is if you're going to walk him, give him the intentional walk. 
because otherwise you're just helping him out, really. I mean, if you're showing him stuff near the zone, if you're helping him keep his timing and recognize your breaking ball, your off-speed pitches or whatever, just just put the four fingers up and, and, and let him get on, man. Uh, he, he, he can't be stopped. He can only be contained. <laughs> Diego Gonzalez on the mound at the start tonight, Dave. First start against the Fish this season. Started the night four and one with a one six four ERA against the Marlins in DC in his career. One four seven ERA, a two oh three two fifty three two oh three line against an eighteen and thirty minutes pitch in Nationals Park this season. Ten straight set down after a scoreless one two three fourth fifty one pitches after four. Leadoff walk though two errors in the fifth two run score on the second error by Daniel Murphy which is on him, but kind of tough tough to put on him. Uh, grounder to second with the guy going to first. Ryan Zimmerman went a little too far off first trying to get it. It ends up going to Murphy. Zimmerman hustles back towards the bag, but Gio Gonzalez is going there at the same time. They kind of both arrive at the same time and just let the ball go through them. So it gets put on Murphy, but kind of not his fault on that one. The first one he definitely booted, but Gio Gonzalez ends up throwing 38 pitches in the fifth, up to 90. He goes from 51 to 90 in one inning. Uh, three singles starts a six, end his night there at 106 pitches. Not happy, but uh, uh, they bring on Yusmero Petit, who gets a swinging K. Ali Perez comes on after that, gets a double play to get him out of the jam there. But Gio Gonzalez, uh, we saw he's been like calm, kind of disturbed by that inning. Some bad play behind him, a lot of pitches in that inning that kind of blew up his spot on the night, but not the best we've seen from Gio so far this season. No, uh, it wasn't, and that inning was was particularly rough, you know, with the with the clown shoes defense there, and um, you know Murphy's been pretty good so far. Obviously, uh, his the big knock on him uh, coming over was his uh, iron glove on defense, and um, yeah, he totally earned the first one. The second one was just um, you know lack of communication and lack of familiarity with everybody, um, all trying to make the play, and have, and nobody ended up making the play, but. Um, yeah, you know, Gio was Gio was pretty good up until that point, I think. Um, but just sometimes you have one of those innings where everything just seems to break down, and uh, it kind of seems to happen to, to Gio a lot, where he, he might be cruising along and then have a 35 or 40 pitch inning and cutting his night short, and that's exactly what happened tonight. Thankfully for the Nats, the guys that they ran out there uh, continued to do the job though, and uh, held them down until the Marlins decided they needed to pitch to Bryce Harper again. <laughs> Before that, they decided to pitch to Stephen Drew, who hit a two-run home run to tie it up. That was a fifth pinch hit home run of the year for the Nationals. They ended up getting the sixth later on in the game when Chris Heisey came on and hit another home run. Doug Haster getting some nice production off of the bench this year. A different group there. Uh, Clint Robinson hit the big home run last week, a walk-off winner, and now they get two more home runs from their bench tonight. We're just seeing some nice production out of those bench bats. Uh, Stephen Drew with a big home run to tie it up, and then Chris Heisey, an insurance run after the Marlins got into with, within one late. Yeah, I, I made a couple of plays off some old Davy-isms in, uh, in, in my postgame today. You know, Some, some pop-off-the-bench, some hairy-chested bench bats. They, they really <laughs> seem to be doing a job here today. Uh, or, or this season, and you know, if if you want to know who, uh, oh darn, Fantrax hasn't hasn't updated yet. For a while, uh, the best hitter on the Nats was Chris Heisey by his uh, weighted runs created plus, uh, just because he only hits pinch hit home runs. Um, 
He's up to three now on the season, which is insane. The Nats as a whole have six. That's crazy. Uh, two in one game. I think I heard someone oh. saying in the post game that this this has never been done before, at least by the Nats. Uh, totally sustainable. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's small sample size, but it's it's pretty fun. It's early season. We can look at this and clearly project it to Chris Heisey having. 30 pinch hit home runs this season. Uh, that's how the math works, right? Well, all right, 12 maybe. But uh, if you look back to other seasons that have been particularly successful for the Nats, uh, and I'm, I'm thinking about 2012, what were some of the big difference makers? Hitting from the starters and uh, an effective bench. And not to say that those two seasons, that season and this season, are completely analogous, but we're seeing some production out of, uh, out of the pitchers at the plate. And we're certainly seeing an effective bench. So let's let's hope this continues. Maybe not at this toward cliff, but at some above league average pace. So what you're saying is they have to bring back Morris. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> there are still those who pine for Morris. I'll just say that. Getting nice production. And Steve Lombardozzi. Lombard knows he's playing locally if you want to go see him. I'm not sure what league he's in, but he's playing the game still. I still love him. I'm not picking on poor Steve. Dave, uh, I home run, puts him up 5-3, to two-run lead going into the ninth inning. So, of course, they bring Felipe Rivero out. Derek Dietrich up. Uh, he hits him, ends up striking out Cole Gillespie, and then they go to Jonathan Papelbon, who strikes out Real Muto, gets a grounder from Prado to end it. Interesting that Dusty Baker kind of played the matchup there. Uh, the Marlins broadcast is talking about them bringing on a lefty to kind of keep Justin Boer on the bench. Uh, I'm interested in hearing what Dusty Baker says afterwards, but kind of surprising that he goes with the matchups there in the top of the ninth, starts with Felipe Rivero, and then brings Papelbon on mid-inning. Yeah, you know, you can teach an old dog new tricks, I guess. It's, uh, um, you know, managers really like to have – I shouldn't say all managers. A lot of managers like to have set roles in the bullpen because it isolates it isolates problems, right? If everybody's got a quote job to do, then when the when that player doesn't do his job, it's the player's fault and not the manager's fault. We saw an awful lot of that from the previous managerial staff. We're seeing less of it from this one, and and I think that bodes well for um, Dusty Baker and his growth process as a manager you know he he traditionally has gotten a lot of gruff um for a lot of different things um but he seems to have a fairly um mature uh way of managing his bullpen and it's interesting to see him um you know not going with the traditional just ninth inning bringing the closer out let's um let's use a little bit of smarts and and decide how we want to do this as opposed to just playing it rote by the book so I guess, uh, and if I can just cut in, uh, cut in here for a second about uh-huh. about that. I did catch a little bit of the uh, of the post game press conference, and Dusty mentioned that uh, the, the trouble that that uh, that Boer and Yelich have been having with lefties is the reason he went with Rivero there. Yeah, that's what I figured. The Marlins broadcast was apparently right. Uh, just jumping outside the game broadcast real quick, and then I want to talk to Dave about something we didn't talk about with him yet because he wasn't on the show the other night, but. Uh, what do you think of the chances that Bryce Harper kind of drops his appeal, takes advantage of this uh, 
doubleheader tomorrow, split doubleheader, one and seven o'clock, sits out one of those games and gets that over with so you don't have to worry about his suspension anymore. He, uh, it seems to make sense that they would kind of get it over with. He went back on the field. He gave uh, up his uh, peace of mind and some expletives. Uh, <laughs> he kind of he, he earned that day off and probably makes sense to get it out of the way tomorrow. Do you think we might see that from the Nationals? Yeah, I, I think that would, would be a reasonable course of action to follow, uh, especially when you consider we've we got to get Drew and Heisey into the lineup so they can stay hot and, and, and get their get their ABs here. <laughs> Dave, uh, you weren't on the show the other night. And I, I did want to talk to you and get your take on Max Scherzer's 20 strikeout performance. Uh, T-shirts are selling like hotcakes, and they're now in the team store there two different 20K T-shirts. It was such a big event by the Nationals. He ties the MLB record for a nine-inning start with 20 strikeouts against the Tigers in that game. And uh, the swings and misses, the amount of strikes he throw a couple days later, still just completely baffling me that he was able to do what he did. And I just wanted to get your take on that since we didn't get to talk about it the other night with you. Yeah, it's kind of obscene that he threw 97 strikes in the game. I mean, that's just... Uh, it, it's it's hard to even fathom, um, you know, and, and that's that's the great thing about about Scherzer and um, and Jordan Zimmerman. Um, these guys pitch in the strike zone. You know, they there's a difference between command and control. You know, control is the ability to throw strikes. Command is the ability to put them where you want them. You know, they're they're not just laying them out over the plate and and hoping that they they get over them and hoping that the batter misses them. You know, they're able to pitch within the strike zone. And on, on top of that, um, something that Scherzer has that, that Zimmerman doesn't have as much of is that he's got missability in the strike zone. You know, he, he can throw each of his pitches for strike in each of the quadrants and, um, and, and get swings and misses on him. And it's really an amazing thing. Um, we've been uh, extremely fortunate to be able to watch him throw two no-hitters, a third close to no-hitter, and, and now this 20-strikeout game, which is – you know, when you when you look at it, so much more rare than a no hitter or even a perfect game in the major leagues that um, that it's really a special thing. Um, the, the interesting thing that I saw there was um, um, a, a, a newfangled baseball, a newfangled stat a guy that wrote um, that, that Scherzer's 20 strikeout performance is probably the least impressive 15 plus strikeout performance in all of Major League Baseball. Well, I'd like you know I'm a, I'd like to think of myself as, as appreciative of. Um, the quote-unquote new stats as anybody else, but that guy can stick his report straight up his rear end. It's a 20-strikeout <laughs> performance, for God's sakes. How can you write anything critical about it? Because the game score was only 86. <laughs> yeah, he can stick his game score where the, where the sun don't shine. Hey, man, that's Bill James. <laughs> don't try to take away our joy of what Max Scherzer did on that night. <laughs> P2K. <laughs> That's right. Once and for all, brother. P2K is better than P2C. Uh, doubleheader tomorrow, 105 and 705. Justin Nicolino versus uh, Steven Strasburg in the day half. CBD versus Tanner Roark in the second half. Double baseball. I assume we'll probably go for this one after the doubleheader tomorrow. So talk to you guys tomorrow night. Nationals 22 and 13 on the year after today's win. Marlins 18 and 16. They've been on quite a run, so we'll see if the Nationals can keep it up against them. Three more to go at the Marlins this weekend. Doubleheader tomorrow should be fun. I'll talk to you guys after that. Go Nats and go Nats.